Welcome back into another episode of The Owen Show, episode 24, joined alongside virtually and spiritually by Tim Hunt again this week. Tim, how you doing? Ready, ready to be back, ready to, you know, I say back like it's been a week since we recorded a podcast, but, you know, yeah. happy, happy to be in, in the studio, if you will. Spiritually in the studio, per usual. Um, yeah, man, episode 24. Uh, no fan questions this week. We're going to hop straight into our poll question from last week. We're going to take a look. If you guys went ahead, hopped over on my Twitter, Owen underscore Burke B E R K on Twitter last week, had our poll question for last week's show. It was, which quarterback do you want to start? Which quarterback do you want your team to start the next NFL season with? Uh, our four options were Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, and Baker Mayfield. Russell Wilson won by a slim margin. He won 44% of the vote. Deshaun Watson at 39. Baker Mayfield, 17. And Matt Ryan, the only voter to receive zero votes down at that 0%. How do you... I'll say this. I I think Russell Wilson being first is... I I think that's fair. Um, Mm -hmm. There's no... Like, you know, with the looming suspension over Deshaun Watson and... You know, there, there's a lot still unknown, and he didn't play football last year, so we have yeah. no idea what he's going to look like. Um, so I think that's right. Matt Baker Mayfield over Matt Ryan is interesting. Either we have a really big Cleveland fan base, and we didn't realize it, but um, yeah, it's it's inter- that's interesting to me. It really is. Uh, I would take Matt Ryan over Baker Mayfield next year. I don't know how you feel about that, but. Yeah, it, uh, I think that one's more situational. I think Russ and Deshaun being one and two is, is solid. And it's all situational from there. Like, if I'm looking for a guy, like, to kind of grow with my team the next two to three years, give a guy a second shot and go Baker Mayfield. If I'm the Colts or a team that's trying to go win football right now, I want Matt Ryan. Yeah, that's that's exactly. I think I think right now, yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll talk about the Colts decision later on. But, yeah, I, yeah. I kind of agree. Um yeah, it's a. I, I think otherwise it came out pretty fair. I think it would be Deshaun Watson all day if there wasn't obviously allegations and and all of that out there. So yeah, I think it's definitely much closer. It's it's even closer, probably the other way, where Deshaun wins at forty four to thirty nine. Without do you do you do you have to appreciate because we wrote this question on Wednesday or Thursday of last week. Mm-hmm. I was able to see into the future of what was going to happen. I was able to say. Matt Ryan's going to get moved. Baker Mayfield's probably going to get, you know, I was able to see kind of the tunnel. Well, yeah. What's so insane is you wrote this question on Wednesday. Russell Wilson is already on a new team by the end of Thursday, like eight hours after the show came out, Deshaun Watson was on a new team. And then another 12 to 24 after that, Matt Ryan's on a new team and Baker Mayfield most likely is going to a new team as well. So yeah, definitely kudos to you on that one. Yeah. And I would not have thought that some of those people would have been on the teams that they ended up on. But, you know, that's uh, that's the way it goes. Yeah. It's how the cookie crumbles. So our poll question for this week's show, we'll look at next week, is going to be which team has won the offseason so far. As of you are listening to this on March 24th, Thursday, March 24th, which team has won the offseason? So now we can't talk about this too much because who knows what these four teams are going to do until then. They may add stuff after we talk here today. But – um, the Chargers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Buccaneers, or the Cincinnati Bengals. So, you you have more information than we do at this point. We're we're a little early to the party with this. Obviously, we know where Khalil Mack plays next year. 
We know what Jacksonville's done. Tampa Bay brought Tom Brady back. That's still a huge add, even if it's not technically an add. And Cincinnati just added Leo Collins before we started recording. So um, let us know who you think has uh, won the offseason so far. Uh, with that, before we get into our headlines today, I want to do a quick ad break. And with our, our headline section this week, obviously going to be looking at a lot of the trades that have happened in the last yeah. week. Um, welcome to the off season. Um, where do you want to start at? Uh, let's, let's work our way. You know, we'll work biggest to smallest and we can kind of fly through. There's a couple at the end that we've talked about that we're going to add into this. Um, okay. Deshaun Watson to the Browns. Um, well, obviously the most exciting move out of all the moves made. What was, what was your initial thought on it? Well, as a Ravens fan, I wouldn't say excited. Is the right <laughs> word. Um, uh, I, I, my initial reaction, I was like, okay, so what did we say on the show? Cause I'm curious, like, are we going to be dumb in the public eye? Are we geniuses? What's the, what's the perception here? Well, when you listen to it, Oh, well, I guess two days before the trade happened, when you listen to it and you're like, man, these guys are dumb. The Browns are out of the running. And they're over here thinking that that, that or Carolina is going to be the most likely spot. And then when it happened, you're like, oh, my God, they called it. So I guess it really depends on when you listen to the last show. But this is definitely one that we thought was going to be a top landing spot. I think this was my number one. This is your two spot behind Carolina, I think, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, The package wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be the three firsts and then players, but – it ends up just being what it was like a, a third and a fourth. I I'm say. trying to I'm trying to get it pulled up right now. It's it's always so impossible to Google the these. Trades. Oh yeah, it was. What, you want I the think, trade details, you nerd? Yeah, I know. Okay, <laughs> um, three first round picks, a fourth round pick in this year, a third round pick next year, and a fourth round pick in 2024. Um, so yeah, there's it's six picks total, three first, a third, and a fourth. Okay. Two, two fours, so two fours. Yeah, um, I mean, he got he got the fully guaranteed two hundred thirty million dollar contract behind it. Um, the brought some Super Bowl contenders again. Um, yeah, that's uh, think, it's not much to be said, I guess. If you follow me on Twitter, my initial reaction was they really didn't give up that much for him. I don't um, like I like we discussed price last week and I said like three first rounders and Kareem Hunt or yeah. Grant Delpit or Usakoromoa. They got away with three firsts. The, I think the third might hurt in the long run, but two fourths and I mean you got your franchise quarterback. You've got something that this Cleveland Browns franchise has not had since at least nineteen ninety six when they moved to Baltimore. I'll, let me pose it this way. If I had told you Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson get traded this offseason, if I said this six months ago, and I said one of them gets what it, uh, two first-rounders. Um, well, what did, what did Wilson trade for? Now I'm blanking on it. It was, it was two first-rounders. Noah Fant, Drew Locke. Drew Locke and Shelby Harris. Yeah. And if I gave you that, and then I gave you another one gets traded for three first a second, a fourth, and or I'm sorry, a third, a fourth, and a fourth. Who would you have thought that's like these two? You would match those two up with that? I think so because as much as Denver gave up, I feel like I feel like Watson is worth the extra picks. So 
I think I think Denver gave up more for Wilson than the Browns gave up for Deshaun Watson. Is it weird that like I agree with you, but I don't like I agree with you, but I also feel like the Browns gave up more than Denver did. It's very weird. Like I could see where you're at, but I'm like, I'm fucking an extra first and a second to me might be more valuable than Shelby Harris and Noah Fant and Drew Locke. So the question becomes, do you think in those later round picks, you can get a Noah Fant, a Drew Locke, you know what I mean? A Shelby Harris. Like that's really the question. I would Mm -hmm. guess, you know, your hit rate is so low at that point. Maybe it's maybe the way I think of that is because I'm a Ravens fan and they've been able to do it before. And I'd, I'd rather take that gamble as a Ravens fan, but as a Texans fan, I don't know. I don't know if you're if you like that better. So I'll I'll say this, like, and and I feel like you and I are are especially, um, uh, you know, I can't think of the word I'm trying spoiled? to think of here. No, yeah, spoiled or acceptable or, uh, you know, we're we're easily targeted on this, right? Because like the Patriots will draft a six rounder and it'll be amazing, or a third rounder and it'll be you know a really good player. Even even on our teams, that's so few and far in between that you know it feels like oh those picks matter and, and but the hit rate is still probably uh, you know the across the league is probably pretty similar you know what i mean maybe the patriots and the ravens have one extra player in the late rounds that were really good but for the most part it's such a low percentage of getting a pro bowl level player that you know i i think that it's not as valuable as you think it is that's the way i'm going to say it yeah i i don't know cuz yeah, I don't know. I I I I don't know how I feel about it. Like the Browns obviously get the quarterback. That's always you're always going to win that trade in the long run, I think. Um unless Actually. the Texans unless the Texans like go use those picks to go get their franchise quarterback or maybe it's Davis Mills and they add three key guys and then they beat the Browns in the AFC title game 5 6 years from now against Deshaun Watson, maybe then they won the trade, but like yeah, like, I don't I don't see a way where the Texans win it unless they hit like home runs like they've got to hit home runs. But then they also have to follow it up by beating like winning titles later on while the Browns aren't or I, at I least mean, like. Yeah, I mean, they have to outperform the Browns in five years, basically, is the only way that they win this this trade. But mm-hmm. I think that's the only way you could sit there as a Texan fan and be like, we won that trade. If in five years they're competing for Super Bowls, they did a good job. Yeah. And then the Browns can't be competing for a Super Bowl. Like that would be, you know what I mean, the caveat there. But from a Brown standpoint, I I think this is the right move, right? Like we've seen this work over and over and over again. You know, the last two two years we've had a a quarterback move teams and win the Super Bowl, right? Like with Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford. So for the Browns, like this is it. Like you're in your window. You're ready to win now. And you got a legit upgrade, right? Like, I think that's the big difference that people aren't talking about enough is like, I like the Matt Ryan trade, but is that how big of an upgrade is that? You know what I mean? Where I feel like the gap between Deshaun and Baker is significant where it feels like this, this is a big momentum swing for sure. It's way bigger than the gap between Matt Ryan and Baker Mayfield or Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz is right. Yeah. Um, So, this wasn't just a move to make a move. This was a move saying, Hey, we we're all in right now. Like they're pushing the chips in the middle. Yeah, I agree. And, um, I think looking at like, if, if 
future me would have went back in like back in time and told 2020 me late 2019 early 2020 me that baker mayfield would be off the browns and viewed as not a starter or like a the lowest tier starter you can have in the league in 2022 i think they would have called him crazy and the second thing i would have said is how the f did the browns manage to f this up right and they didn't they got better they they did did. they did but also when you look back at what baker was in 2019 and 2020 and you just you you kick back and you watch those games and you talk to your old version yourself and you're like where did it go wrong right first of all so so that that could also be a more of a baker issue than it is a browns issue but I think if this goes sideways, I think at least I learn what I've known the entire time. It is no matter what the situation is, no matter how good it is, or maybe how bad it is, the Browns will find a way to mess it up in the long run. Wow. That's, I, that is wow. my overarching view. of the And I know that maybe I'm being such a, a huge biased Ravens fan right now, looking at a maybe. division rival. I think that they will find success, but – you don't think you don't think this is an upgrade then? It is an upgrade, hundred ten percent. I it's no no dis no argument there. But what I'm saying is, I I've watched the Browns for over a decade now. Been very as close to the franchise as you can get outside of being a fan for it. Right. And this team has found a way to to flub everything up along the way outside of the last four years. But now Baker Mayfield's on his way out which I could not have conceived two years ago. And again, I'm not saying that that's a Browns problem. Right. I I think it's partially a Browns problem, but it's not all a Browns problem. I don't think you're seeing this in the right way. So basically to me, what this is, is the Browns going, okay, we got from awful. Like they were the the laughing stock of the league, right? Like they were a bottom two NFL franchise probably over the last 10 to 15 years, right? Yeah, 100%. and they said, "Okay, we got good, but good isn't good enough, right? We want to be great." Mm-hmm. So I don't see this as messing it up at all. I think this is them doubling down on their success. So, you know, it, it it's like you know, you open up a, a restaurant and you're basically saying you'd be too scared to go ahead and buy five more and try to open up five restaurants in five cities. I, like, I don't, I don't think that. I think that. I think this is an upgrade. I think this is the right move to make. I think they did Baker dirty on the way out the door, but at, at the end of the day, business is business. Yeah. My, not my, I guess not my takeaway. My prediction, I guess is a better way to put it is that the Browns won this trade and they got better today. It's an upgrade. They hundred percent should have made. I don't think they're going to reap any benefits from it because I think they will end up shooting themselves in the foot in the long run. Wow. I, that's, I mean, maybe. I mean, that's just I, a hot take off. I, I I just don't trust the Browns organization. That's a really hot take. Especially I'm really completely, I'm completely pulling the argument and like the conversation away from Deshaun to the Browns completely. Right. But I don't know. I've just, uh, I don't know. That's that. I think you have an interesting perspective. My, my take has, and always will be that no matter how good the Browns get on paper or on the field, at the end of the day, the Browns will still be the Browns. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe, I mean, I don't know. I well, think, I, I think- I'm, I'm cool with being proven wrong every once in a while, but I also like being right too. So we'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah. I think, I think that's something we'll have to watch over the years. I, I mean, 
if they compete for three Super Bowls, this is worth it because hundred percent. I, I, you know, even if they're if they if they make it to the AFC Championship game this year or in the next two or three years, then they've won the trade. Like they've won the trade from the aspect of Deshaun versus Baker, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't sit there and and not recognize that there's no way with the way the team's currently constructed that it was working that well for Baker. So my question is, when does, when do you look back on this trade and you're like, man, we like, that was a failed trade. Like, like, I think, I don't think there really is a scenario because like I said, Baker needed to change the scenery. They didn't want to like start over at quarterback. It's like, this was a necessity move, but when do you look back and you're like, man, Cleveland really fucked that up. Like maybe not the trade itself, but like, what does it take? You're saying, yeah, I mean, like if, if Deshaun Watson plays this season and is suspended for four games and then he tears an ACL at the end of it or something like, or it goes to jail somehow, something changes. You know what I mean? Like that's really the only scenario and Baker going somewhere and having immense success and it being based off of his success. You know so what like, I mean? So like if they, if they miss the playoffs this year, scrape in next year, first round exit, like, mm-hmm. like, is there a, is there a team? is there a floor that they can go below where you're like, I get why you made the deal, but like you didn't, it wasn't good because you're bad. Like, 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 like with the Stafford trade, you're like, they have to win a Super Bowl to make that worth it. Yeah. But like if they didn't, if they, if they lost in the, in the NFC title game, right. To the Niners. Do you look back on that trade and you're like, man, that's a, that's a failed trade. Like, well, not not right away, right? Like not after a year in. The the difference is, and this is a key difference, is Jared Goff got them to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So that raised that level for Matthew Stafford of, hey, Jared Goff was good enough to get this team to a Super Bowl. If you can't do that within the next two to three years and put them over the hump, like where the Rams are is very different from where the Browns are, right? Yeah, like that's the, very true. But the but the gap is the same, right? That elevation is there of like Baker definitely took them from a bottom two team to a team that competes to the playoffs. And they're saying, okay, now we want to get, now we want to be where the Rams were. So if Deshaun gets them to the point where they're going to AFC championships and they make it to a Super Bowl or, you know what I mean? It, it immediately becomes worth it because it, it's become evident the last, you know, over the last, you know, it's hard to say because Baker goes every other year as being good, you know, great to okay, to great, to okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's his yeah, yeah. problem is there was no consistency. Whereas I don't see a scenario outside of something off the football field, outside of Deshaun Watson's control where the Browns fall back to that level. Does that make sense? Of, During the five years. Yeah. Because the, the comparison of Baker won one playoff game and made, and he took that team to the playoffs once or twice once, right? Once, once. Yeah. One, one game. So the pressure that Deshaun Watson's up against is nowhere near as high as what it was for the Matthew Stafford deal, right? Like, I don't think it was as high as Baker Mayfield was either. I think the, I think the gap between getting the worst or the second worst franchise of the last 15 years, Mm -hmm. getting that team into the playoffs and winning a playoff game is, is more expectations than taking a team that's won one playoff game in the last five years, 10, 15 years. Oh, absolutely. To a Super oh. Bowl or win a Super Bowl even. What, what, there's nothing to show. I mean, besides them winning like three Super Bowls, like what In Baker row, did, yeah. did for Cleveland was very important and mattered. But just because he did that doesn't mean that the Browns owe him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because 
if what let's say they go out and they they sign Baker to you know a five year you know one of these huge contracts right five years one hundred twenty five million dollars or whatever, um, and they're and they're in the same spot that they've been the last four years where they make the playoffs, miss the playoffs, make the playoffs, miss the playoffs. Yeah. Is that a franchise guy to you? Probably not. You know what I mean? Like you want to be out there competing for Super Bowls and you cannot pay Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, a starting quarterback contract and have that team be good enough around him where you're going to compete for Super Bowls. It's just not, you know, at, at the way he plays now and, and the consistency they see they've seen from him, there's no way they can go out and make that deal. They just can't, you know, you know, they can't sit, sit on their hands and say, well, he got us out of the bottom two. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you can't I don't, owe a guy for that. You I don't, know what I mean? I don't think they owe him an extension. I do think they owe him a hell of a lot more than the, what they're fucking giving him right now, which has been, hey, we're actively and openly looking to upgrade at the quarterback position. And then, so he requests a trade and we're like, we're not effing trading you. And then they still land to Sean. And now they're, they're like, okay, well, I guess we have to trade him. Like, I think they've just handled the situation extremely poorly for him. And I and I want to make that clear that like I think he deserves more. I don't think he deserved an extension. I wouldn't have went out mm-hmm. and signed him to anywhere close to even probably $30 million a, a year for an extended period of time. And but I do think that the the Browns organization was like, all right, well, we won a playoff game fucking yeah, and I, and I can agree. Like I said, I can agree with the like, all right, well, let's move up the ladder. We have to go after more. I'm all for it. That's what the game of football and that's what the game is like. That's what sports is like. That's what success is. All right. I've reached I've reached a new level. Are you just going to stand there? On, like, did you beat right. a level on Mario? And then like, all right, well, I guess I'll just run in purgatory here for the next 15 years. Like they're like, all right, well, I want to go to the next level. I'm all right. for it. I think I think we gotta show a little bit of respect to the 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 one guy, and it'd be different if the 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 Browns were like up and down or here and there, and like they just could never really get over the hump. They were always seven and nine. Like this right. is a team that could could barely manage four wins on a good year. And this guy got them to a playoff game, and they're like, "Well, we'll trade you if we get the upgrade. If not, you're staying here, and we want you in Cleveland. But if we get the upgrade, you can kick rocks." If and- yeah, but I don't think that's that crazy. I really don't. Like, I just think, like, personally, like, as a human being, Baker Mayfield deserved better. Like I said, not an extension better, but better treatment on the way out the door. I feel like I, they looked at him as if he was another name on the back of that 22 quarterback jersey, whereas he was the guy that ended that jersey. Even if it was for a four-year stretch, that jersey is dead because of Baker Mayfield. The the despair and the the the, the four wins is a good year. It's over because of Baker Mayfield, and he deserves at least like, like something. Not an extension, not, not a trophy, not a statue. Like some fucking common courtesy. Yes, so, I think he deserves that. So I I kind of see what you're saying. I hear here's the scenario I'm going to compare it to. Before Jared Goff got to the Rams, they hadn't been good for a long time. Just like the Browns, right? Maybe not as bad as the Browns, but not great, right? And he gets there. What do they do? They don't, they don't even give him the choice. At least they're trying to give, you know, Baker some input of like, you <laughs> they know, where he to wants Detroit. to go. They, did do they, sh- they shipped him to Detroit and nobody cared. The difference is, is Baker Mayfield has this, like these fanboys that like have made him out to be like a hero. And I think it's part of like the city of Cleveland just loves the guy. I think but, Cleveland loves underdogs and, 
but he has no leverage. Like he just isn't yeah. in a spot where like he can say that stuff. And, and I hate to be that guy. Like, you know, I, I do want him to be treated with respect and everything like that. But I think NFL, like NFL teams and, just don't really do business in the, the human morale. Well, what did I say? Common courtesy game. I common guess. courtesy. Yeah, no. And, they, and they're going to sh- like, they have to put their name out there, right? Like, you're, it's going to leak that they're trying to shop for Deshaun Watson, right? Like there's no getting around that. And you also can't put yourself in a scenario where you're like, well, we can't go into next season without a quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I, I think they could have just handled the situation. Maybe I'm being nitpicky and there's a solid chance I am. I think you are. That's, I mean, that's my honest opinion is I think you're, I think you're a Baker fan and that's okay to be a Baker fan, but, and I think that's why you're seeing it through that lens. Potentially there's probably most likely. I, I am passionate about the situation, but I'm excited to see how it unfolds. Um, and and to be fair, I'm not a Baker fan, so I might be seeing it through the other side of the lens of like. Yeah, I think we're both kind of- on complete opposite spectrums. We'll talk about. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about where Baker ranks and everything later on in the show. But yeah, I I do think he deserves a little bit more leaving Cleveland as as, as far as like the, the human decency part. But again. NFL franchises don't always deal in, in common courtesy. So let's, let's jump right into like, I mean, we're, we're already deep into this topic, so let's just, you know, why not keep going? Where do you think, where do you think's a fit for him? Like right now? I have no fucking idea because when I look at the other 31 teams, the NFL that didn't just acquire Deshaun Watson, is there a starting like an, a true open starting spot besides I, I, I genuinely, and I, and Shane, I, kind of were tweeting about this was I, I think outside of Seahawks, there is none. So when I, when I look at the entire NFL and I look at a true like opening spot and I'm thinking like, I wouldn't replace like Daniel Jones. I'm not looking for like an upgrade. Right. Like I'm looking at a true like void where they haven't at least made a move to make a guy a starter. Like the AFC North is booked with quarterbacks. Yeah. Like uh, Pittsburgh would have been one, but they went and signed uh, Mitch Trubisky. The, the Falcons could have been a, a, a landing spot. They just went and got Marcus Mariota. Yeah. I think the, the Seahawks could have been one, but, like, they did acquire Drew Locke back. So, like, was part of the Russell Wilson trade getting a backup quarterback? Like, I know that that wasn't the intention. Right. But that's what it will have been. So, when I look around the league, like, there's not really an opening job to be had without competition, at least. So, I'm going to say this, and this is going to come off – weird maybe if Mm -hmm. i'm if i'm baker and my options are you know let's let's say seattle let's pretend atlanta you know what i mean maybe maybe they bring baker in to compete with marcus mariotto however you want to look at it right yeah like let's say those two spots if i'm him i'm saying cut me or trade me to and and have a list of five teams go be a backup for a year because you know mitchell trubisky wouldn't have gotten, you know what I mean? He sat behind Josh Allen for two years or for a year. year. It was just for a year. year. And he's out there signing a starting, you know what I mean? He's probably going to be the starter for the Steelers next year. So I'm going to somewhere where I can go be a backup, but I'm going to learn a lot, right? Like I think yeah. the scenario which you back up matters a lot. Here's, here's where I go. If I'm Baker, if, if I have a chance to go somewhere, this is off the top of my head. So there may be a better fit. But the, 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 I was like running through teams in my head of like possibilities. And the first team, and it fits the description you just gave, is the Green Bay Packers. Right. Um, yeah. I think that's a good, I think that's smart. 
I think Baker's a starting quarterback. I think there is there's much worse when it comes to Baker Mayfield, potential wise and talent wise. Um, but the issue is the guys that exist there are the same. We when we talked about like Big Ben and like yes, there are better options. Or like I think it was when we were talking about trying to get Colin Kaepernick back in the league. Like yes, he's probably better than some of these guys as a backup or as a starter. But all the teams that I can list that he's probably better than are not going to displace who they have for him. Right. Like, like I think Baker Mayfield is probably a better quarterback than maybe Davis Mills or maybe Zach Wilson right now or Justin Fields right now or Trey Lance right now. But none of those teams are going to displace the rookie that they drafted for Baker Mayfield. And the same thing with a guy like Tua who's been in the league for two, three years now. I don't think Mike McDaniel – maybe Mike McDaniel really wants to. That would be the only thing that would make sense. Their new head coach is like, man, I would love to have Baker Mayfield. Maybe then, you know, you displace it. But even then, like, it's an iffy move. Yeah. I, I think if I'm Baker, I the only reason I don't think the Packers work is I think they already have Jordan Love. So you'd, you'd want to think of a place that doesn't have either somebody they're trying to groom or, you know what I mean? I think and, if I'm Baker, I reach out and I'm like, or is this really the guy? Because from every sign that we've seen from Green Bay, Jordan Love is not the guy that they want behind Aaron Rodgers going forward or the guy to take over afterwards. So that's the only reason that they come to mind. Another place, like another problem, place in that division, like I wouldn't mind going to Minnesota to be 100%. Well, how long yeah. was Kirk Cousins' extension? Was it just a year? Uh, it, it was it was complicated. It was like, I think it was two or three years, but like they can get out of it a little quicker than a lot of people realize. It was one of those deals. The Vikings wouldn't be a bad spot, I don't think. Like yeah. depending, depending on Kirk Cousins' contract, if they were to let him walk and let Baker become the starter – talented offense, solid defense, decent. Like there's not a a history of turmoil inside the front office. What he needs is a stable franchise, right? I need a team that is not going to change their effing minds every 30 seconds about what they want to do with me or any of my teammates going forward. This this is going to be the reason I don't think the Packers will move on from Jordan love this year is because all the chairs are filled. So who are you going to trade? If you get Baker, you got to trade Jordan Love, and who's going to take Jordan Love right I, now? I don't think you have to trade him. I think you could hold all three of them for a year. Oh gosh, that would be messy, messy. But I because Aaron Rodgers isn't messy enough. I don't think right. they give two shits about a mess at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, he. I would think about like the Rams. Go learn under Sean McVay, and you know what I mean. Like spend some time in that offense. I don't think that would be too crazy at all. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to see anything happen for a while because, like I said, I don't think I or Baker himself view himself as a backup quarterback, even if it is for a year to gun another spot. Like, I think he is a starting quarterback in this league. But again, I think just about every spot is damn near booked up. Like, And, And a lot of people are talking about Carolina. It's like, could you think of a bigger mess where you have the number one quarterback taken the second quarterback taken from that year. And neither one of them are like, you're like super strong, super solid about, you know what I mean? I just, I think that one makes the least sense. And even if there is a natural fit, Jimmy Garoppolo is still an option. And I think, I think I'd take, yeah, who a lot take, of, it depends on where my right team, now. it depends on where my team's at. If, if you're Carolina, are you taking Baker? Or are you taking Jimmy Garoppolo? I'm taking Baker. Taking Baker there. I think if if my team is not in an Indianapolis spot, if my right. team is not at least like where I add Jimmy G, I had a stable quarterback, and I am immediately not only a division winner, but most like I have a 50-50 shot of making an AFC title game or an NFC title game. I go Baker because I think Baker has more potential. 
Okay. That, I I th- think that's not an unfair argument. The I don't ceiling think. is higher. So like, like Indy, I would say Jimmy G. Cause I feel like, but all <sighs> that's yeah. so tough. I lean towards Jimmy G, but I don't know. It's very hard for me to answer that question. It, it's it's very interesting how they're very similar quarterbacks right now. Like mm-hmm. they're both kind of in limbo. I honestly could see both of them end up getting cut and being able to pick where they go. I think that's the best case scenario for both of them at this point. Because um, at this point, neither one of them is going to get more than what a fourth or fifth at most. And yeah, the Browns were looking for a first. There's a reason that he hasn't been dealt yet. Is they were looking for a first, and now teams are no saying way. teams are saying that they're gonna he's they're gonna have to give up like a fourth or a third to get a first back for him. Which oh, really? like, yeah. So it's not as low as you would think, but I think that's higher than I thought it would be. The honestly. longer, the longer that he doesn't get trade, the lower the price goes at the same time. Yeah. yeah and there's just less people. There's going to be less people interested. So it's not like they're yeah. not going to be negotiating with five or six teams right now. They're going to be negotiating with at that asking price, maybe one, maybe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I think Seattle to me, I don't know what this this thought of Drew Locke still has some gas left in the tank. I would rather see what Baker has left in the tank over Drew Locke any day of the week. So I would a hundred percent. It just you would I give up a first for it. No. Another like your fan base is like, then why the fuck did we why couldn't we get like a third or a fourth even? Like why mm-hmm. take Drew Locke back at that point? In well that deal? here here's the interesting thing is I think Seattle's looking to move more pieces still. You know what I mean? Like, would you do Baker for DK if you're Cleveland? I think I'd take that oh, right now. 127%. I don't think Seattle would do that, though. Yeah, I mean, Seattle. I mean, but what's... Yeah, I mean, probably not. But maybe Tyler Lockett. Maybe, you know, a Possibly. weapon or a piece. You know what I mean? Possibly. You know, I think, I think that... Don't close the door on that. Like it might not be just draft capital. They might get a player back, you know, I think a player would probably be better suited for them at this point, but and he, yeah, maybe, maybe Cleveland throws Baker and a third Adam and they're like, okay, we'll take, you know, you can have Tyler Lockett and then, and then boom, the Cleveland Browns wide receiver room is fixed. Yep. Tyler an upgrade Lockett over what it was. Yeah. That's insane. That's insane. All right. You ready to move on to the next one? Bring it on. Uh, let's talk about Matt Ryan to the Colts. Um, what was what was your initial thought here? I like it. Um, again, it, it's it's just one of those things where it really just depends on how you feel about the quarterback and whether you think Matt Ryan gets them over the hump. Because what I guess, and the bigger question is to you personally, to to you as an analyst, to you as a fan, whether you are a fan or you know whatever. The question you have to ask yourself when you're thinking about this trade is what is the hump to get over for Indy right now? Are you, are they looking to jump into Super Bowl contending range? Are they looking to jump into perennial playoff? Can push, can be a Super Bowl contender? Like what is the hump to get over for you? I think for me, I think they want to be Super Bowl contenders because if we look at the last couple years, I mean, even go, they made the playoffs with Philip Rivers. And I know a lot of people have made that comparison of like, well, they're able to make the playoffs with Philip Rivers. So why can't they do it with Matt Ryan? And I don't think that's a bad argument. I really don't. I, I don't think, either. I think there's, a, they're, they're going to be a playoff team with them. Now the question is, is does this make them a Super Bowl contender? And, and that's the weird thing in my mind. My kind of initial reaction was, 
okay, I like the value that they gave up, right? They didn't give up that much. What 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 did it end up being? Do you remember? Uh was it a fourth round, fifth round pick? Wasn't any higher than the third, I can tell you that much. I think it was a yeah. fourth, if I remember right. Uh do, 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 do. yeah, why is it always so hard? <laughs> like why do, you, find, why do you want to know you nerd right like it's just like oh there's always like this long article and i'm like i just want to know what they gave up but yeah just give me the bullet points i think they got more for carson wentz than they gave up is that correct is that that's fair to say right they got more for carson yeah i would agree yeah i think i think that's true for a 2022 third round pick so they got they got what a third and a second for Wentz, yeah, and they, they only flop, gave up. They flopped seconds and got a third, I think, if I remember. Yeah, so, something like that. So, either way, like, like this is a Madden move right here. If there's ever been one, right? Like, trade Carson Wentz for two picks, you know, and then the picks send, to get, and then use that pick to go get a better quarterback, right? Like, right. only would that work in Madden, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's an upgrade. I don't know if he puts them at Super Bowl contending level, so. I, I mean, I like this move for a couple of reasons. We weren't really big fans of getting off of Carson Wentz, right? We kind of said, who are you going to get that's that much better? And I, I think Matt Ryan is a little bit better. I don't know if that's what I was kind of hoping they would do if they were going to move off of him. Yeah, I um, think he's definitely an upgrade. I think he's more of an upgrade than anybody else we thought they were going to get. Exactly. Well, and I don't think either one of us would. I mean, I think I talked about it a couple times on Pump the Brakes that they should trade Matt Ryan and blow this up. I think I've said that couple times we can look back at the scripts but i i just uh i don't know like because they were already kind of a perennial playoff team with carson Wentz, and they're going to be a perennial playoff team with matt ryan maybe a super bowl contender i i kind of doubt it mm-hmm. um so i i like the move because ultimately you get more capital and and maybe this will open up the opportunity to go and draft a QB and let him develop for a couple of years under Matt Ryan. So you stay relevant, you stay in the playoffs and you can develop a young guy. The thing that's tough is I think it was an upgrade. Um, but I think they were at like the bottom of perennial playoff contenders and there's quite a large jump to jump into the Super Bowl contenders category. Yeah. Um, and that more has to do with who they have to play rather than it's, it's the AFC. The it's Colts. not it's, like you yeah. have to look at everything around them at this point. And for the Colts to make the playoffs. So if, if I were to run through the teams in the AFC and guys that I think are playoff, like should make the playoffs. Like where if you look at just that team, you're like, that's a playoff team. Not counting the field. There's unlimited playoff spots to handle away. Buffalo's yeah. a playoff team. Yep. I think New England's a playoff team. Mm, they're 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 closer to Indianapolis than I think you're giving them credit to being. But So I'll go just surefire that team's a playoff team, 100%. There's not a... Not really yeah. a question. New England, there. I guess there could be questions that could be raised. Baltimore's yeah. a playoff team. Buffalo's yeah. a playoff team. Yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah, mm, that's tough. That division's hard. So we'll go. We'll go. Baltimore, Buffalo, Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. Now I would say yeah. Um, Indy. Uh, yeah, because Are they of the locks division to make playoffs. Plan. No, they're not locks. Okay. I mean, they have to play Tennessee still. So that's that's. I I wouldn't call them a lock. Buffalo, Baltimore, Cleveland, then we'll go Kansas City's a lock, I think. Because you could put three teams in from a division, mm-hmm. right? Sorry for the technical difficulties there. You know, duty calls. Sometimes you got to answer the phone when it rings. But we're still here. 
So yeah, that's you know, unfortunately, that's the way it goes. You know, yeah. when you have a job like mine, that's uh, stuff like that happens sometimes. Yeah. But uh, um, Matt Ryan's a Colt, and uh, it, it, it's definitely an upgrade, but doesn't think it gets him over the hump. So yeah, I don't think it makes him that much more competitive. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Devonte Adams to the Raiders. Good lord, man! I think this has to be one of the surprise, one of the biggest surprises, right from the season, this off season. Uh, I don't think I saw him getting traded. I didn't either. I thought he was just going to hit free agency and then walk, not tagged yeah. and then traded. I would say they got, I mean, if, if I'm a Packer fan, I'm not too upset with the haul they got back. It was, they, they got a pretty decent amount back for him. Um, was it a first and a second or two firsts and a second? I can't remember now. Of course you're going to ask me. Wait. Of course I'm going to ask Yeah, Why would I not ask Tim? Oh, where is this it? access is all right. Re- you know, this information is all readily available. They traded a first round pick and a second round pick. It's just, it was the first and second round this year, right? Yeah, this year. So um, for the Packers, it's a pretty good scenario with all the good wide receivers out there. I'm not saying you're going to get a Devontae Adams um, because, boy, is that going to be real hard to do. But um, if he was going to, this is the, what I'm saying is, is, and I think I need to clarify this because I haven't been very clear. Comparing to just letting him walk in free agency, this yeah. is great. When you now, look at the alternative of yes. you you know the information of he's not going to resign here long term. Your two options were don't tag him, let him hit for agency walk, or tag him, except the fact that you have to be the one that hits the send button to trade him away and move off of him now. But right. you got a first and a second round pick back for it, even yeah. if they yeah. are mid rounders. So obviously the ideal scenario is to keep Devontae Adams a Packer for as long as possible, right? Yeah. Like that, that is v- very obviously the the best case scenario here. But instead of just walking away for nothing, I mean, you got a first and a second form at the very worst. So as much as this was like the most surprising move, I think the most surprising part about this move had nothing to do with him being traded. I think it has more to do with Aaron Rodgers agreed to an extension, knowing that he was most likely not going to ever play with Devontae Adams again. That's surprising to me. Um, has that been confirmed that he knew that Devontae was going to move on? From the reports I read when the trade happened was like Aaron Rodgers knew full and well, or at least he knew full and well the possibility that Devontae Adams was not going to come back. Which is crazy to me. Yeah, and I think that alone, like I get that it wasn't the full guarantee that Devontae Adams might not come back. Like if if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I think if all of us were to like guess what Aaron Rodgers was going to do, it was going to be, I'll come back if Devontae's back. If he's not here, I don't want to be here. And apparently he knew at least that there was a chance that Devontae wasn't going to be back and he still re-upped. It makes little to no sense to me. I really don't know what direction Green Bay is planning on going in, honestly, at this point. Because if anything, this is going to hurt. This this is a big loss. Like this it's is a, a really loss. big loss. Because we talk about it all the time. It's important to have weapons. It's, it's important to have depth at weapons, right? We know we talk about we like this guy as a two, or you know he's a middle of the road two, but a really high end three. And I mean, with the Packers, what are we what are we talking about? Like. Like who do they have? Like, and the, and it it would be different if there was a market for them to go. Like if they had the money to go add. Like this move takes them out of the negative and puts them net neutral. Now it's not like they went from zero million dollars to spend to twenty million. They went from negative twenty to zero. Like right. So they don't have money to go add now, and it puts you in this really weird spot where there's no such thing as missing the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers. I think healthy for a full season, but. 
now, like, uh, who, like, where, where is the floor then? You know, or what's right. the ceiling? What's what's the expectations going to the season? Because I think if you're Aaron Rodgers, you have to look at it and go, "We're not Super Bowl contenders. We can't be." Uh, it, it's as much as you say that. Like, I think any team with Aaron Rodgers, that's that's the goal. Like. I, I, I mean, it's so yeah. tough. It's so tough to be Aaron Rodgers and look yourself in the mirror and talk to your front office and be like, the goal last year was to get to the Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl. I know that we lost Aaron Rodgers, but like, can our goals drastically go down that much? Like, can you accept the fact of going like, if we win the division, it's a good year? I mean, they play in a, in a pretty crappy division, so that that's going to help a lot. But I, I just. I, to me, this is this is a big, big loss. I mean, we let's talk about the Rams for a second, where they went and got better at wide receiver, and they were already great last year. And then the Packers, they got worse at wide receiver, like un, undoubtedly worse. Like, yeah. like the LA is like, okay, how do we upgrade our two slots so that our three can play a little bit better and and all this and like Green Bay is like ah we're we're gonna lose our number one wide receiver and you're and like, and I think the thing that bothers me the most it's not the fact because like we said we knew that they it sounds like they knew Devontae was not coming back the thing that bothers me is that there was not a backup plan in place and as much as it was a failed backup plan last year right. Baltimore dealt Orlando Brown to Kansas City and within three hours Andre Villanueva Andre Villanueva was on contract in Baltimore it's like and- boom. I get that it didn't work, but the replacement plan was there. You'd think, all right, Devontae's traded, and then Odell signs with Green Bay, and they also get uh, DJ Chark, you know, like a lower right. guy. Like yeah. something happens. Nothing happened. Well, well, and you look at it and you go, it's one thing for the Cowboys to move off of Amari Cooper because you have CeeDee Lamb sitting there. And you now, brought Michael Gallup back. Yeah. Is it is that the ideal scenario? Obviously not. Michael Gallup is an amazing three, uh, you know, an eh, two. And we'll and see, and C- and CD Lamb, we'll see if he's a true one. I think he's got the talent. I think, I think there's a really good chance that it works out fine. But if you're the Raiders, it's like there's no plan here. There's just like we had. It's an arms race, right? Exactly. I just watched Khalil Mack enter my division. I just watched Russell Wilson enter my division. I saw JC Jackson enter my division. I play Patrick Mahomes twice a year already we got to go like we added Chandler Jones, but I need more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just becoming one of those things that, I mean, to compete in the AFC, you got to have weapons. Now that's really what it's coming down to is, is who's going to have the better team. And I I like this move for the Raiders. I, I mean, you can't ever complain about adding one of the top five best receivers in the NFL. You can't, but how much better does this make the Raiders in your opinion? Well, it's so tough because it makes them a lot better, but again, and I think the jump that they make is bigger than the jump. The Colts make with Matt Ryan, to be honest. But again, the gap is so large. Like they were the fourth best team. And I think they still are. Honestly, when I look at talent of the four teams, if I look at, give me the, give the whole roster a grade. Mm-hmm. For the AFC West, the Chiefs might be the worst team there, which is crazy to say. Well, if, but if also, you take out positional value, I would maybe agree with you. But also, when you have the best quarterback in the game, who gives two shits what the other 21 guys line up as? 
Like when you have the best player at the best position, the most important yeah. position that, yeah, you may be worse than the Raiders at, at 15 of the 21 other spots, but you're all fucking a hell of a lot better at quarterback and that can get you over the hump by yeah. itself. It matters. It definitely matters for sure. Um, I don't know if I fully agree with you. I mean, it complete rosters. I see what you're saying. That's like, that's like off the top of the head in third in like 10 seconds to make a decision mm-hmm. that would take some extensive research. Yeah, it would, it would take some, some bigger thought for sure. Um, let's talk about some smaller moves and then we're going to get into our QB tier list. And that's going to be a good chunk of what we're going to talk about the remainder of the episode here. So, um, Allen Robinson to the Rams. I, I really like this move. Um, I know a lot of people wanted him to retain OBJ and, and you'd like to not have to move off of, uh, Robert Woods, but I, I, I think Allen Robinson is better than Robert Woods. I think Allen Robinson is better than OBJ. So I think the move overall makes a lot of sense because Van Jefferson showed enough to be your three, um, Tyler Higby can hopefully have a bigger, bigger role in this offense going forward. I like the move a lot. Uh, he's an older wide receiver, but I still like the move. Yeah, it's well, I don't think they're completely out on Odell. I think it's a possibility depending on what Odell's market is. I think if they can comfortably match it, they will. Mm-hmm. Um, so if nonetheless, I don't know if I take Allen Robinson over Odell. There's definitely, definitely a conversation to be had there. I would take Allen Robinson over Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. The only reason I think Odell draws such a conversation is because he's been there for half a season. Right. He already he has the chemistry. The like it's already there. You know, you don't have to kind of start from ground zero. But depending on what Odell's market is again, if they were to get able to get Allen Robinson for a cheaper price or close to it, or maybe they're taking in the fact that I mean, Odell tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. When is he gonna play his first football? That's the the a, a huge question to be answered still. Yeah, and because if he's not going to play until week eighteen, he'll be ready for the playoffs. Like, How, he can't go anywhere but the Rams. Exactly, and at the same time, the Rams are like, well, even if bringing him back, we need to go make an upgrade here because we're going to have to play a whole year without him. You know, we're going to have to get to the playoffs and have a good seed in the playoffs without that guy. And there's been a lot of talks of OBJ kind of waiting out. And then when he's ready to return, sign with a team that's going to be competitive, right? Like, it's not a bad move. I I think it's really smart, honestly, from OBJ's camp because yeah, like you're not going to play in the early part of the season, so why be on a team? Wait it out to the middle of the season, sign another one year contract. You know, try to put another Super Bowl ring on. You know, I think that would be it'd be kind of cool to see a guy do that for a couple years in a row. Yeah, and, and he was a difference maker for LA this year. There's no doubt about it. He really was. So definitely have a market if that's what he chose to do. Now, unless a team is a, a team that should contend, you know, a team that we've named or a team that should be in playoff contention offers you a three year deal with like some some solid security. I think that's the way to go. Like, but if the Colts come calling, they're like, we'll give you three years. Thirty-five, forty million dollars. I'm taking in a heartbeat. Well, yeah, if, I don't think anyone's going to offer him three years right now. Maybe two at most, but yeah, I, I don't see a scenario where uh, where that happens. But you never know. Um, next one, uh, Robert Woods ended up going to Tennessee. I think they gave up a six-round pick for that one. I think that's like one of the few ones I have memorized. Um, I like the move, kind of. I. I 
it's just Tennessee's in just such a weird spot where it, we talked about it with years for Tom Brady, right? Everyone's like the cliff is coming. The cliff is coming. And it never came for Tom Brady. To be honest with you, that's not true for everyone else, right? Like everyone else is eventually going to hit that cliff and fall off the ledge for Tennessee. It's just a matter of when, right? Like when does Derrick Henry miss a significant time? When does Ryan Tannehill, you know, he's not really an asset right now, but like, when does he start to deteriorate and not be as good? Um, it it's just, I like it because it keeps them competitive because last year they were competitive. So why wouldn't we go back all in on it now? Um, you, you would want them to, it's just, I don't know. I don't know really how much of an impact this move is actually going to make in the long run. I mean, I like it. Um, the only thing I may not like is that, um, his cap hit is like 13 to 15 million probably. For yeah. the next three years there in Tennessee. But the the issue here is it's the same issue that we have with the other with Matt Ryan, with uh Devontae Adams. It's the same thing is yes, it's an ad. No, it's not a bad trade. I don't think you gave up a lot. I don't I think you could live with the cap hit. I think he's gonna be worth the money. I think he's gonna be solid, this, this, and that. The bottom line is not only is AFC West, but the AFC in a whole right now is an arms race. Who can stack the weapons? Who can have the most X factors? Who's going to go win the title at the end of the year? And this gets them nowhere closer to being like it moves them up, but it doesn't jump them a tier or even with inside the tier that significantly. Like right. the bottom line is Ryan Tannehill is, I mean, to spoil a little bit of like, I'm not going to spoil the tier list at all, but like Ryan Tannehill is probably top half, maybe like, mm-hmm close to it if nothing else he definitely doesn't miss it by more than three or four spots the issue is when you look at the every single quarterback that's above him a lot of them are in the afc right now right yeah that that's the hard part is the, the afc is, is is loaded it's if, if after, being yeah. conservative if he is the 18th best quarterback in the game i could probably pretty well without looking at the list tell you that at least 10 of them play in the afc 10 of the guys above him oh absolutely i mean all day i mean the afc is just there's there's divisions that are three or four deep. That's the problem. The yeah. AFC North right now, you know, is three teams deep with how competitive they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at uh, AFC West. AFC West. Thank you. Yep. Like they're they're four teams deep. Obviously, four teams deep. They got four teams that are all either in a spot where they were able to compete for a Super Bowl last year or all made moves this offseason to make sure that they're going to compete for one this year. Yeah, when, so, when you look at the AFC, and I and I had to bet money on who I could guarantee, like I had to bet my life on who I could guarantee to miss the playoffs this year. Yeah. Houston. Yep. I think the Jets I oh, could bet my life on. Why? Why are you thinking about that one? Can I ask that question real quick? I, it's because I was thinking about the other one. I jumped to the the Jags is another mm. one. I don't but know. I, can, I I think the Jags will be better. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But I those think are the be three teams that year. I could bet my life would not make the playoffs this year. And I'm iffy about the Jags to be hundred percent honest with you. Yeah. The rest I, of I, them, I look at. I look at Tennessee has a chance. Indy has a shot. Uh, the three teams, all well. Three teams, if not the fourth, has a decent shot. The Steelers still have a decent shot to make the playoffs. We talked about them being a, a borderline playoff team. The, the Patriots, the Dolphins, and the Bills are obviously a lock. The other two teams, I couldn't – I mean, I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility for those two teams to make it. 
Yeah. And then the AFC West, all four teams. So like the, the issue is, is that the Tennessee Titans got better, but they're still probably the, like the not, they don't have a top 10 quarterback in the AFC. And that's a problem, right? Yeah. It, it, it really, it's a it really issue. is. Huge issue. So before we get into our quarterback tier list today, another quick word from our sponsor. I'm going to put that break right there at 114.24. There you go. All right. So I guess my question to you, sir, is how do you mm-hmm. want to attack the tier list? Do you want to try to go in order? Like, by category or so we've talked about it we're not gonna rank them like one through ten or anything like that we've decided against doing that i think we we're gonna go top down on this one because i think we're gonna spend more time on it i think it's more interesting honestly um and we'll go we'll go tier by tier we have the same amount of tiers uh we did not uh (laughs) we did not coordinate on using the same charts so that's our bad um We definitely will tweet these out uh, once the show comes out so you guys yep. can kind of kind of see them and, and hold it in our memory. Uh, we named the categories different things, uh, I think, for good reasons, because um, mm-hmm. I think we have different opinions on each tier, right? Like our tier list didn't have to be the same, and it's definitely not. So but we'll, you could definitely see the similarities at the same time. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some things we agree on and some things I think we strongly disagree on. So yep. let's... Uh, Let's go ahead. Let's start out with the top. What's your, what's your top tier? What's it called and who's in it? So I called mine the Game Breakers. Like this is the to spoil yours this is the best of the best, the cream of the crop. This is these guys can can change the game no matter who they're throwing the ball to. That is Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. So I, I'm gonna kind of the my analogy that I was gonna use for this. I like yours, but. These are quarterbacks that you could stick on the New York Jets right now, and you're still a Super Bowl contender. You're definitely making the playoffs. You might be a Super Bowl contender. That's how good these guys are. Yeah. Um, and that might be a little overdramatic, but I don't care. Maybe a tad bit, but I, <laughs> you you have an argument there, so it's not right? too dramatic. Like, and it and it's the same four guys as as Owen had: Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, in no particular order. Yeah. I think I just did them in the order that they popped up on my thing. So. These are these guys are undoubtedly uh, the best. So, do we do we want to expand on this at all? At you know, I mean, I don't think there's really much to expand on. I think those are the top four quarterbacks in the game. Um, you have the two young guns of the group, Patty and Josh, are probably two of the most talented players we've ever seen play in the National Football League. Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers, and you could say Tom Brady's not up here. You could say the talent's not there. He doesn't do anything great. Guess what? That motherfucker wins. He led the league in passing yards, passing touchdowns last year. He was second in MVP voting. He has to be there. Get over yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's it. There's no argument. I think against any of these guys. I mean, as we get deeper into the list, we'll probably argue more and things like that. But mm-hmm. I think the only maybe a quarterback that like some people are like kind of surprised is and I don't think either one of us buys. We don't buy too much into one year hype. Mm-hmm. We'll say that right now. Yeah. Um, sometimes we'll believe it. Sure. But I don't think either one of us is like, you know, chomping at the bit for some of these, you know, yeah. and, I, and I'm all for buying into it. But no, no way am I going to slam a guy up to the to a certain spot for one right. year when there's another guy that's played not maybe not as good, but just underneath it consistently for four years. 
We, yeah, exactly. So I think that's a great point to make is like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, we've seen do it for 15 plus years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Allen, we've seen three seasons of elite football out of him, I would say. Is that right? Three? Yeah, at Something least like at least two, if not three. Yeah, yeah, at least two, if, if not three. Patrick Mahomes in that same boat um, since he became a starter, elite, elite play. Yeah. Um, and there's some older guys who definitely probably were in this category at some point and things like that. But you know, this is, this is our tier list as of right now. Right. So Tom Brady could fall off and suck next year, but like, I don't see that happening. I, I don't just, either, so. I, I just, he was, he was second in MVP voting, like you said, and that's insane for how old he is, but for 44 he, is nuts. Yeah. He was that valuable to his team. Let's jump yeah. into the, the next category. So I have, this is just my elite category. This is, your, you know, your, your top eight, top nine, somewhere in there. Like this is, this is still the guys that you would want over a majority of the league, but obviously not the top four. Um, I have Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott. Okay. And for me, I called this my elite, but right. So these guys are definitely elite, but they're something right. And mm-hmm. I'll kind of get into that a little bit more as we go here, but uh, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and Lamar Jackson. So and, and Dak Prescott. Did you say Dak Prescott? I'm moving him. I'm making oh, yeah. two two moves that we talked about before. You're that's welcome. Fine. Just spoiling the next category. I did have I had a couple guys that I was back and forth on. We'll we'll do we'll just talk. Let's start with that. You're um, Dak to me is right on that line of I don't know if I would call him elite but he's probably you know a really high-end star he's somewhere like right there Um, yeah he's he definitely should be on the edge of either category he's either at the bottom of the elite category the top of the next one yeah i agree um let's talk about guys that we had the same so we agree on sean watson russell west oh excuse me and justin herbert Um, and lamar jackson and lamar jackson so majority of yours uh I think they all make sense, right? I think Kyler Murray is elite, but we haven't seen him do it for, we haven't seen that postseason success out of him. Um, mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson's elite, but all of this stuff that's going on outside right now, Russell Wilson is elite, but I mean, we've honestly seen him underperform for the, the offense he's had. And maybe that was coaching, but you know, that, that criticism is still there for me. Yeah. Um, and Lamar Jackson is in that same boat as Kyler Murray an elite player, but we haven't really seen, you know, the come from behind wins, the, the playoff wins that, that next step of being a, a, an elite game changer is, is being able to, you know, take that next step into the clutchness and they really haven't seen it out of them. That's what kind of puts them in a tier below for me. Yeah. When, so when I look at this, I think of, like I said, these guys that just missed the cut, making a Mount Rushmore, it's never hard to pick four guys. It's always hard to to leave the six guys off, you know, like who yeah. are you going to leave out? Cause there's no, like there's no secondary, there's no backside. There's no Mount Rushmore side B. It is pick your four, leave the six out and move on. Like, so right. these, these are, these are the five guys that got left out for me. Russell Wilson was a guy that was in the game changers category for me last off season. I think when I did my list, he was four, um, since obviously, like you said, he's underperformed in offense. It can be it can be levied onto the coaching. It can be levied onto the offensive line play. Nonetheless, he deserves some type of blame. That's why he dropped down for me. Lamar yeah. um, is my quarterback. I love him to death. He has to be in this elite category just because of the things he can do on a football field that no one else can. 
Yeah. Um, and again, it's the same thing with Josh Allen and, and Lamar and, and Patty Mahomes. Like two, two and a half, three years of, of great success just hasn't had the postseason success yet. Or just Josh Allen is a, and Patty Mahomes are just two completely different animals. Whereas Lamar Jackson is as well, but it's a, it's a more unconventional, different animal. Well, it, he could be in that category. I think his MVP season, we all kind of thought he would be, but we haven't seen that game evolve where it's, you know, the reason that they come back and win games. You know what I mean? I've seen to it me, once. Right. The, the indie game this enough. year was was definitely it. But again, and it's just it, the team doesn't get into that many scenarios as well. But uh, I don't know. That I had a whole different argument that was going to – not argument, but like – point that was going to spin off that but mm-hmm. i don't know if we really have the time or if it even is i, I may just be asking a dumb question so i'm not going to say no no that. ask ask the dumb question you have, we have plenty of time i i think I, I saw a stat and obviously like people chart like game winning drives and everything and like oh this guy first of all apparently like 17 quarterbacks have had the most game winning drives since 2008 did you know that uh because i see that stat all the time like last year big ben had seven game winning drives i want to say mm-hmm. the steelers had i think nine wins if not ten yeah so I, I feel like that stat is a little bloated. I'm not a huge fan of the stat because when you when in all reality, when you think about it, what that means is that it was a one score game and one team went down and like scored, scored. within the final yes. within Absolutely. the final two, three minutes, which is big. But I feel like that happens so often that it's right. like is is and and QBs that go out and like Lamar Jackson's MVP year, he set the entire fourth quarter, I think four times during that season. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he didn't have those four game winning drives that other QBs may have had, but what's a bigger accomplishment going down and scoring with three minutes left and taking the lead and winning or playing so well for three quarters that you literally don't have to touch the field in the fourth. Yeah. Which of course that's not a stat you could track at all. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like winning the game by a score is made out to be like, like game winning shots when it's nowhere near as close of an accomplishment at all. Let, let me say this. Uh, it's less of the stat for me, but more of the theory of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's let's, let's just say there's a game scenario where, you know, let, let's talk about the bills chiefs, AFC championship game, right. Uh, or divisional round, whichever it was the divisional round. I think actually, yeah, divisional. wasn't it? Um, I believe so. Yeah. So if you give, it, it, you're down by three points and you give Patrick Mahomes the ball. I don't think this was their exact scenario. I think theirs was overtime, right? But the point is you give them the ball. Do you know a hundred percent they're going to go down there and score when there's limited time left on the clock and things like that? Absolutely. Yes. My problem is, is I don't, I haven't seen enough of Lamar Jackson in, in that type of scenario or have that elite level throwing and game management where it makes me go. Yeah, I believe he can go out and win that scenario. And I think in the AFC, that's what it's going to take, right? You either have to have the capabilities of doing that or showing me you've done that. And we just haven't seen Lamar do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and I think that like my elite category has uh, Russell Wilson, Lamar, Deshaun, Justin Herbert. I think all four of those guys can pretty well jump into mm-hmm. the game-breaking category. Like I said, yes. Russ has been there before. Lamar is Lamar is right there just off his legs alone. Deshaun yeah. Watson. A lot of people think Deshaun Watson's the fourth best quarterback in football already. Right. Um, obviously, we have to see what's going to happen. I just All struggle this. buying into that because we haven't we didn't see him last. It's, year. it's so hard to buy. Like it, it's it's such a ridiculous statement to make. To be one hundred percent honest with you, 
like just to just to not watch a guy for a year and we all know he's good like he's there's no list that exists where Deshaun Watson's not top 10 or top two tier but in my mind it's so difficult to watch Tom Brady at 44 years old lead the league in passing yards and touchdowns second in MVP voting and go like Deshaun Watson's better than that guy like it's just without seeing him and that's another reason why I have a huge issue with people that have dropped Lamar down their numbered lists Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have Joe Burrow above him and everything. I'm like, first of all, Lamar didn't play the last six weeks of the year. So as much as it was a six-game losing streak, Lamar did not play a single game. So it's very hard for him to be jumped when I'm not consistently seeing him play regardless. And and again, buying the whole one-year hype thing is a dangerous game to play. So, But Deshaun can make the jump. I think Justin Herbert has elite talent as well. Uh, the guy's an animal. I don't know if Dak can make that game-changing leap. I think it, I feel like it would have happened already. Maybe it happens this year. Uh, maybe he got set back by the by the ankle injury by a year. But I that one I don't see. Like I went through and when I did the list, I'm like, do I see this guy being capable of jumping a tier? And I think everybody but Dak can jump a tier in this in this list for me. Not immediately, but I think it's possible. Okay, let's talk about some guys that I had on here that you didn't. Um, why do you think Kyler Murray is not not an elite quarterback yet? I feel like it's it's for the same reasons Lamar has, but I don't. Kyler hasn't reached the heights that Lamar has either. Like Kyler doesn't have the league MVP that's jumped him into the elite category. Like Kyler Murray to me is Lamar Jackson without the MVP season. And, and, and that's that's so interesting to me because. Did you I still wish, count him as elite at that point. I yeah, I mean, I, I well, the difference is, is I've seen Lamar or I've seen Kyler be a better passer of the football than I've seen Lamar be, and I don't know. I mean, you can argue me on that one, but that's the difference to me is that Kyler's just a little bit better of a passer. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, and I would agree with. You. I don't. Yeah, I I agree with the way you said it. I don't think there's like some gaping margin to be had there, but I would agree with you to yeah. for the most part. So to me, like, yeah, he hasn't as high of highs, but he's had high enough highs to to make me think he's an elite quarterback at this point. Um, and that's why he's in that butt category, though, too, of, you know, just we haven't seen it for long enough. And we haven't seen him. I Honestly, the same scenarios that I haven't seen Lamar Jackson, you know, make me feel confident in their abilities. Yeah, he's definitely still he's a guy that I have an arrow next to. I think he's definitely a guy that can move up pretty handedly i think even if the season ends differently for arizona they don't struggle through the regular season or maybe they do a little bit better in the postseason and i feel like bam like he's probably in that that elite category to me but i just i feel like he had a solid rookie year they added he got better but it's they added deandre hopkins and then this year deandre was kind of hurt and they played really well but then they didn't and then they ended on a sour note so it was hard for me to look at the year as a whole because this is probably where about where I had him last year was mm-hmm. at the top of the franchise, low elite category. I'm like, man, this guy is ready to see a full another year. This kid, I think he can really make a jump and the jump didn't happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I think that's, that's a fair argument. What about Joe Burrow? Again, this is, this is more of just, you know, trying not to buy into the one year stock. Um, mm-hmm. Because when you look at how good of a year, it, it was an amazing run and there's nothing that you could take away from it at all. It's going to be hard to replicate. And I think, again, it's just, it's very hard for, to catapult, like, like Patty Mahomes was elevated to the game breaking status within 
probably a full season. Like when he played a full yeah. 17, 18 games, For we're sure. like, this guy is in this category. And Josh Allen was at the very tippy top of elite last year and broke the ceiling in wit to game breaking this year for me. Yeah. And I feel like Burrow has, has played extremely well, but I, I feel like there's definitely holes in the game. Like, like it was evident. Like when Patrick Mahomes played 16, 17 games, it was evident. I was like, there's nowhere to have this guy outside of the top four. It's just, yeah, the the talent is unreal. And I feel like Joe Burrow, a lot of Joe Burrow's like storybook season has a lot to do with what the team did, not with what he did. And I, 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 yeah, I agree. I think he's got a really good team around him. And part of this for me is I look at how bad that offensive line was this year and how great he still was. Mm-hmm. And you look at all the, the moves they've made this offseason and you go, what's he going to be like next year with a better offensive line? You know what I mean? Yeah. So like looking at it, like Patrick Mahomes fought, you know, a, a bad offensive line, not in his first season, though. You know no. what I mean? No, they've no. always been fighting not having running backs. But to me, not having an offensive line as a QB matters a lot. It's a, a big, lot. big chunk of what you're dealing with. So, yeah. uh to me, I think that's what's going to kind of elevate Joe Burrow to that that next level. Um, and I think, again, another thing with him is, like, I think we saw – and it's hard to call it a jump because we didn't really get to see him last year. Like, this is kind of – it's this, to me, is kind of like a rookie year to him. Right. And, and it was good. It was good enough to get him into the third tier, towards the top of my third tier, into your second tier. And, and it was the first full season he played. So I'm curious to see how he tacks onto this. Like I said, I think it'll be hard to do what they did again, but they're making the moves to make it happen. And also, can he grow from here? Because right. I think we, like as much of a small sample size as year one was, there was a jump to be had. Now the question is, was the jump Joe Burrow, and it's the same thing with Kyler and, and DeAndre Hopkins, was the jump Joe Burrow and Kyler, or was it the the receiver that they added in the offseason? Jamar Chase had a lot to do with their success this year. Not does it ding Joe Burrow at all to have good weapons around him. Like, I think that's got to be one of the dumbest arguments against quarterbacks that I've ever right. seen. Like, well, he has top weapons, so he gets bailed out by his targets. Again, why why should Patrick Mahomes be punished because they put the fastest receiver in football and the best or second best tight end in that offense with him? Like, is Patty supposed to be dinged because of it? And I don't think Joe Burrow gets dinged. I'm curious to see if the growth continues to happen with him. Because right. I think – Jamar had a lot to do with the the statistical increase. Now I'm curious if that can stay the same and things can go around it. Like what is the ebb and flow with it? I kind of need two years to really start to move you up and down a list. It's so hard to go off one year. Cause again, if I went off 2019 Baker Mayfield, he's probably in the top seven guys on this list, but that's aggressive. Real. It's it's extremely aggressive, but you get what I'm saying. He's nowhere close to 10, let alone seven. The, the thing I'm saying, I disagree with you because I would compare his second year very closely to Josh Allen's second year. So the Mm. first year kind of unknown. And then we saw this drastic increase, right. To like, you know, an elite level of play. And that's what I think we saw to Joe Burrow this year. I get not wanting to buy the hype, but I think he's done enough to be in this category. Now the question is, is does he take that next step next year and really break into, you know what I mean? It'll be interesting to see. I definitely don't have any beef with him being in an elite category. He's he's towards the top of my my third tier. So yeah. and he's definitely another guy that have an arrow that like this year is definitely a year he should be moving up. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, let's uh, let's talk about our next category. I think, and again, we're going to spend more and more time as we get you know into these lower categories because it is going to be you know it's going to become tighter and there's going to be bigger differences. Bigger um, differences, yeah, that's the big thing. The, the differences are going to show. What is what is your next category and who's in it? So so these are like my franchise guys where um, these guys are just on the outside of elite. I think there's there's a a gap between these guys and the elite category, but also there's a very large gap between these guys and the guys below them. Like this is to me where the skill gap really lies. This is the biggest group on my, on my list because I feel like that's where a lot of quarterbacks are. Like you have your cream of the crop, you have the really, really good. And then like the, uh, to try to put it in numbers, like the, the twelve, the ten to seventeen, eighteen mark is close. Like, right? I think ten, eleven, and twelve are kind of separated at this point. But like fourteen to eighteen is luck of the draw, preference really. Um, so my franchise category, this is my franchise quarterbacks, the guys I would not mind hitching my wagon to for twenty years. I feel like they probably get me at least a Super Bowl, definitely a couple Super Bowl appearances, maybe. Um, and if nothing else, definitely still go down as a franchise. Great that, and it really depends on your expectations of franchise, obviously as well. Each team's different. Right. New England's expectations and and Detroit's <laughs> expectations are two very different things. Yeah. Um, so franchise guys for me: Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Jalen Hurts, Matt Ryan, and Ryan Tannehill. And I think the guys that can elevate into the elite category pretty easily would be Stafford, Kyler Burrow. And I think Jalen hurts can make another step too. I think he's mm-hmm. definitely got another step in the tank. Um, for me, I called this category, the starters category. Uh, it was Dak, Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, and Jalen hurts for me. Mm. Um, I, I think the only problem I have with, with your tier list is there's just a big gap among some of the guys that are in here. Um, mm. That that's like the only thing. Oh, and Matt Ryan's in mind too. That was the other one that I wanted to move up into that one. Um, gotcha. But I just think the problem with the way that I think look at your structure is there's a big gap between some of these guys. You know what I mean? Like I think there's there's a big gap between the top of the franchise and the bottom of the franchise category for sure. Yes. Yeah. That for for yeah. Um, Dak again is someone that I was kind of going back and forth on to elite and starter. We kind of talked about that already. Matt Ryan is another guy for me that was kind of uh, close on this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. To me, these are all guys that with a really great scenario around them, you can win a Super Bowl with. So do you win a Super Bowl because of them? Maybe, maybe not. But in, in a certain year, possibly. Right, right, exactly. But these guys are all capable of they're good enough to take you to the Super Bowl, 100%. And for the most part, on my end, you know, uh, Derek Carr, I mean, is the one that you would go, and eh, we really haven't seen postseason success. But Matthew Stafford, obviously, Super Bowl winning quarterback now. Yep. Kirk Cousins has gotten to, has won many clutch playoff games despite, you know, um, despite or because of him, right? Or, yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurts, we really haven't seen the postseason success, but I truly believe he is a good enough talent that he will develop into one of those guys, you know? Yeah. Um, and Matt Ryan, obviously, been to an NFC championship game and a Super Bowl. But yeah, I think if I were to redo this, I, I talked myself out of adding another tier because I really wanted to here, but I was like, I don't want to come in with him having the just the base stuff and me having like two or three added tiers. Yeah. 
if I, I could definitely split this one in half, um, but it, it's it's tough because I think there there's a fine line between needing an upgrade or no. I think what am I trying to say here? Like it, it's very tough to upgrade from this spot, obviously, right. with the guys that are ahead of them. So it's that's also why that you have to put so many guys in this category to me, or is because like, like even if I slid my three or four guys at the end of this category down into my next one, like I'm still like there's it doesn't change as much, you know. Like there's definitely a gap to be had, but these guys will get you in the most trouble for sure. Like yeah. these guys are all like I mean. And you know, I'm, I'm talking for my list and, and some of the guys I agree or disagree with you, but it doesn't matter. Right. These guys are all good enough to make you go, Oh, we're set at the quarterback position. We're fine. Yeah. And, and you're going to be mediocre for 15 years. Right. Exactly. Like, that like is exactly th- to me what a franchise quarterback is. And, and unless we put the perfect, unless I get Kyle Shane and as my OC and I <laughs> right. get the, the, you know, the, the 27 things that we list off every single week. Like when I have at least half of those things, like, like Matthew Stafford went out and won this year. The team was good around him. Like Kyler Murray right. started eight and no, the team was good around him. Like a lot of these guys are succeeding. Like even Ryan Tannehill. Like I think there is as much as there's a gap inside this category. To me, there is still a gap between elite and franchise and franchise in my next one as well. Right, and and I agree. And but I just don't think Ryan Tannehill should be in this category because, like if you looked at that list for you and you'd say, which one of these guys doesn't belong? I mean, it'd be between Hertz and Tannehill. And to me, the difference is, is Hertz still has an upside, right? Like there's still a little room to grow there where Tannehill is what he is and it's not been great. And we really haven't seen a ton of success with him. You know, you know what? what I mean? I'm, I, I actually, I a hundred percent agree with you. I would I if I were to redo this, I'd definitely have Taney at the top of my next one. He would be in the tier below towards the top of that tier. Because now that I'm looking at this, again, not to, to pull the numbers in, but Tannehill, there when you look at my top three categories, there's 17 guys. And like yeah. you said, if you were to pick one guy out of those 17 of who is by far and away probably the bottom of that category, it would be Tannehill. So it's very hard to look at there's 17 franchise quarterbacks in the league. That's a tough decision to make as well. So I'd probably have Tannehill down in the bottom category, the next and, category down, I guess. And not to brag, but mine turned out perfect at 16. But <laughs> mine would be with Tannehill down with your small edit. Tannehill yeah. would be the mine would have 16 with Tannehill down one. Yeah, and I mean I bumped Matt. I had 15 originally, and then I bumped Matt Ryan up, so that put me at 16. You know what I mean? Just by yeah. circumstance. So yeah, I mean I think I think you have an argument for maybe the next category. He's the top guy. I don't think he's my top guy, but yeah, I think it's just all of these guys will get you in trouble. That's what I'll say. And and I think you look at Tennessee and that's kind of what they've been for the last couple of years. They just haven't been able to get over that hump, right? Like Derrick Henry is the best running back in the NFL without question. Um, you know, there's some guys that are, are really close to him, but he, he is the best running back far and away. When and I think what, what yours is, is when one thing goes wrong, everything goes wrong. Right. And that's the problem with all these guys. That's what, it. that's what this looks like to me. Yes, Absolutely. Um, next one for you. What did you, what'd you call it? 
So, so how you said the last one is trouble. This one is to me, this is purgatory for me. This is, this is the spot. And I guess this one is more the spot for me because of how large my, my franchise category was. This would be the category where like, it's very hard to upgrade from here, but at the same time, like you don't want to blow it up and try again category. Mm-hmm. So this would be Ryan Tannehill moving down in this category. Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, um, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jameis Wentz, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Mitchell Trubisky, and Marcus Mariota. Okay. Um, for me, I call this my bridge category. Um, for me, these are all guys, and I strongly disagree with something you said with this category, but we'll, we'll kind of jump into it after I talk about my list. These, these okay. are guys that I consider bridge quarterbacks. So quarterbacks that you're going to hold for a year or two while you're either developing a guy or trying to figure out what your next move is going to be. That's what these guys are to me. So to say it's hard to upgrade to these guys, I think out of everyone in my list and, and yours, I would take a rookie quarterback this year over all these guys. So really, yeah, for me, that would be Jared Goff, Matt, or I took Matt Ryan out, Mitchell Trubisky, Tua, Jameis Winston, Ryan Tannehill, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, now with saying that, that I take out of all those guys, I would take a first rounder this year. I would absolutely, I stand by that. Like, I, I think that's a hundred percent true just because I think on most of these guys, we've seen, we've seen the ceiling for almost all of them and it's not good enough. You know, this is, this is the, the reason that this is the tier below for me is when everything's right on their teams, they can get you to the playoffs and, and not much more beyond, maybe a win. You know what I mean? And that's when everything goes right, and you know lightning has to strike there. Okay. Um, so again, it's very tough because also bridge quarterbacks to me is like such a niche. Kid. That's it, it. It's not really about talent to me. It's also a lot about situation. Right. Um, yeah. So, so that's it's hard to make that a category to me because of how much situation depends for bridge quarterbacks, but. Um. When I look at this one, this is like you said, these are the guys that if everything goes right, they get you to the playoffs. And if, if really, if true, not, not everything, if most things are right, they'll get you to the playoffs. And if everything's right, they'll give you a title game shot. And when everything is right, that also means you have a good coaching staff to back them up. Right. Um, which we've seen that like Jimmy G is a guy that falls into this category for both of us. That is the yeah. perfect example of literally everything is right. He can get you to there or very, very close to there, but yeah couldn't get you all the way over the hump and win it. So you called my bridge, like calling it a bridge quarterback, like as a talent level, I don't think they're talented enough to ever want me to think I could build my franchise around them. And I think with every one of these guys, we've seen that, right? Like Jared Goff. I mean, he was the franchise. He was going to be the franchise guy in LA. They moved off of him. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky was going to be the franchise guy in Chicago. They moved off of him. Uh, okay. Two is maybe the, the exception for me on, on my list. You're not wrong at all though, outside you know I mean? of that. And then keep I, going. It's Jameis Winston. They moved off of him in, in uh, Tampa Bay, Ryan Tannehill. They moved off of him in Miami, Jimmy Garoppolo, the Patriots moved off him. I mean, they had to go, but I mean, and then San Francisco had him for two years, went to a Super Bowl with him and said, man, we need to move off of him. We need to get better at this position. So, that's why I call it the, the replace them with a first rounder. You know what I mean? Bridge quarterback guys. Like these are all guys that, you know, have had a shot, have not been good enough. And, 
and you're constantly looking to upgrade at for sure. Yeah. That's tough. It's tough to argue with you there. That's a pretty sound logic. I think the the only thing that bugs me is the one guy that I have here that you have in the tier below. It's tough for mm-hmm. me to, to say that, but the, what you just explained rings true again. Baker Mayfield is the guy I'm talking about. Yeah. And again, Cleveland's moving off of him. And also, yeah. I think another another thing to prove me wrong and to prove you right, um, when you look at every single one of these guys that moved away from their former team, most of them, an upgrade came through the door as they left. So starting with mine, Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson came in. That's an upgrade. Right. Um, Jimmy G, Trey Lance is in. Uh, it's way too early to tell. We'll just it's, leave it at it, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Jameis Winston, Tom Brady came in. Uh, it's a pretty solid upgrade. Um, Carson Wentz left. They drafted Jalen Hurts. He's a guy we already talked about. That's an upgrade. Yeah. Uh, Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford showed up. That's an upgrade. Mitchell Trubisky, again, Justin Fields, way too early to tell. But if I were to go on a limb, I'd say an upgrade. Um, and then Matt Ryan, Marcus Mariota coming in as the replacement. That one's eh. I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't call it an upgrade, but I don't want to disrespect Marcus. I'm a big Marcus Mariota guy too, so oh, I like yeah. Marcus a lot. I mean, yeah, Ryan Tannehill was prop like that was the one time that you were like, okay, that's kind of a an even swap, right? Going from Mariota to to Ryan Tannehill, but- and also Tannehill going from Tannehill to Tua is like to me. I have Tua still in the too early to tell because I didn't mm-hmm. get a full season of him his rookie year. He was flipping on and off with. Fitz magic and the last year was so weird in Miami with all the Brian floor stuff. I'm excited to see what happens this year with. Him. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know I, what I've seen of Tua hasn't been exciting and that's what scares me off of him the most. Um, yeah. I mean, we've seen enough of them where I'd be like, okay, I'll draft a guy and, and ride out Tua for two years. Um, but yeah, I would, I would love to make another category of just like most likely not, but I still have a lot of hope and that'd be the two in the Baker category. Right. Uh, I mean, I would, you could say Marcus Mariota and Mitch in that too. You know, I put, I put Marcus maybe, in that category. I put Sam Darnold last off season in that category. Right. Maybe I have a little bit of hope still, you know? Yeah. Like there's, um, there's definitely still they're at the top of that tier because I feel like there's something in the tank. And, and to me, Carson Wentz, I, he's not on my tier list for some reason, but he would also kind of be in this, this category as well for me. Yeah. Um, Cause you've seen two teams move off them. So yeah. Um, yeah. Like that. It, it's tough to figure out where they all fit in, but yeah, it's, it definitely exists for sure. Yeah. And it's also when you sit down and try to make a numbered list and then put them into tiers, it makes it even more confusing. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. And I hope this is working out. Like if we're, if we had a TV show, hint, hint, ESPN, pick us up, but bring it on Fox sports, whoever. I mean, we are not affiliated to anyone. So, We'd we'd love to be but on the TV show, but we can be. We're we're trying to make this as picture clear for our our audio listening audience out here, and uh, I feel like it's really hard to do. So it is. Uh, we appreciate you guys with your patience with us. Yeah. Uh, next category. Um, you were a little cynical with this one, but I'll, go ahead. I was. I just put bad. I was like, ah, it's kind of a the end of the road. And I think anybody anybody below a bridge quarterback can be a bridge quarterback. Like. I think you take anybody in this category, and if you were to make him a bridge quarterback for two years, would you be happier with the other two, the other five, six bridge quarterbacks? Yes, but any quarterback's a bridge quarterback at a certain skill point. So I just put bad. I'm just yeah. – we're living here. 
You want to go over who's in it? Yeah, that's probably a smart idea. So I have Daniel Jones, Teddy Bridgewater is on my tier list for some reason. Um, Drew Locke, Sam Darnold, and then the other two guys that are here. Are just... We don't even need to talk about. No. Um, for me, on my backups, I had Baker, Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, and Sam Darnold here. Um, Take out Teddy Bridgewater and sub in Sam. Dar- oh, I guess I have Sam Darnold on mine. Who am I missing out of yours? Oh, you had Baker there. Whoopsie daisy. Yeah. Um, I, I had Baker here for, for one reason, um, because he won't be a starter next year. You know what I mean? So it's hard to not put him in that category when he literally won't be a starter next year, but he is, he is the best of this category without question to me. Um, and the one I would have the most faith. I, I was close to putting Baker in the, that bridge quarterback list. Um, but yeah, he, he falls somewhere between bridge and starter. That's really semantics at this point, but these Mm -hmm. are all guys that, are not good enough to be NFL starters at this point. They've either had one chance or two chance and shown enough to be, you know, probably won't ever get another chance. Baker probably Baker definitely will, but the other four guys or other three guys for me definitely won't. Yeah. And I think when I look at the guys on my list is the same way with Sam Darnold. He's had two shots now. It's meh. Drew Locke is, it's really only had one shot, but there was nothing that excited. Like Drew Locke wasn't the third overall pick in the draft, like Sam Darnold was. He like, he was he was all upside, no floor kind of in Denver. Mm-hmm. And the one year that we got of it, it wasn't good enough. You know what I there mean? There wasn't there wasn't upside to be stoked about. You know, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and then our uh, our final category, obviously, same thing. Just needs more time. Too young to tell. Uh, basically every rookie from last year, I think is a yep. good way to put it. Zach yep. Wilson, Davis Mills, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance. I threw two into this category again. Um, I wanted to make, a, like when I say I wanted to make a whole nother category, I mean like guys that I still have faith in, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's probably yeah. ill will. It's, it's, it's ill it's, fate. Yeah. It's not legit. Please, you know, right. Which that would be the, the, the Tua, the Baker, the Mariota, the Darnold from last year. I part of me still thinks Daniel Jones has a shot, but I feel like, again, it's one of those situations where I feel like it would have happened already if it was going to happen, you know? Um, but I'm curious to get your thoughts before we, before we scoot on here to our last little segment. Um, we talked about Baker Mayfield, obviously a little bit in that situation. We obviously talked about him a little bit early on the show. My question to you now is we talked about Odell, just maybe possibly just sitting out and signing with a contender when he's healthy to play. Do you feel like Baker now, if he gets released, should just hold his cards, be like, I'll wait until a starting job opens. You know, like say a a Ryan Tannehill goes down, Baker Mayfield signs Tennessee, possibly steals the starting job. I I like it in theory. I, I see what you're saying. I like it in theory. The only problem is there's a difference between trying to plug in a wide receiver uh, a little bit into the season and compared to trying to plug in a quarterback, quarterback. in the middle of the season, especially yeah. if he wasn't there for training camps, doesn't know the play, but you know what I mean? Like yeah, there, there, there is, it's very messy at that point when you start talking about a quarterback trying to do that. I don't think it's crazy. I mean, you know, maybe it takes him two weeks to adapt, but it would be, it would be tricky to say the least. Yeah, I would agree. I was just curious. I was curious to get your two cents about that. I don't think it's 
it's not the worst former teammate worst thought ever i just think for his career like he's gonna get one more chance and if he let's say he sits and waits for that opportunity what if that opportunity doesn't play well in it and he could squander it because he wasn't prepared exactly so if i'm him i'm taking calculated risks from here on out i'm not taking a big swing and a miss like that that would be that would be my biggest fear for him i mean he'll obviously get traded on thursday at 12.01 p.m um, right this shows up so we'll talk about it next week but i'm i'm very interested to see where he goes at this point um yeah it's it's gonna be interesting to watch for sure i guess i'm trying to think if there's anything before we wrap in to pump the brakes here um I like, how do you feel about Marcus Mariota? I feel like we didn't get a, a huge chance to talk about him as much up top. I, I mean, sure. Will He's, I tr- try it for a year? Why not? But like, I, I don't know. I, he, it's tough. Cause he's a guy when I, when he came in for Derek Carr, mm-hmm. I, I don't believe it was last year. I want to say it was the season before in the, when their, um, their miracle playoff run the year before, not this last year when they, they took down the chargers with the game winning field goal. Like Derek, he came in and he played well. Where I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, there's, it feels like there's something still here. And I feel like maybe with Arthur Smith, they have. I was gonna say they have Calvin Ridley, but they don't. They have they Kyle don't. Pitts. They don't. Mm-hmm. Man, he is walking into a tough situation. Holy that's, shit! That's the problem. Is is this? Was they have the last chance. You. They have Kyle Pitts. They have Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson, which I think mm-hmm. are two dynamic things. But man, they, he is down. When you look at that team two years ago or a year and a half ago before Julio was traded, they're down their top three options at receiver now. The the thing is, they're the opposite of the New England Patriots right now. Like the Falcons are so talented and they're so top heavy talented, where they have a an elite tight end, an elite running back, but they have no twos and threes. Like as a Patriots fan, you're like, wow, that's kind of the exact like we're full of twos and threes and we don't have any elite options. So that's kind of weird. But yeah, once you go trade your third best receiver <laughs> and your second best running back for Cordero Patterson, help the Falcons out. Huh? Yeah, we'll, we'll give you guys we'll give you guys some twos and threes like take them. We got a million of them on our freaking team. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just don't know if there's much to talk about now. Mind you, like Tua and Marcus would be some guys that could blow me out of the water next year, right? Like they could both have elite seasons and I could be completely wrong on them. Um, but I just don't, I don't see it at this point. I just haven't seen anything that makes me go. Yep. This is it. You know what I mean? If the price tag for Baker drops, I think Atlanta is another team that should look. And I would feel so bad for Marcus, but if it drops to a fourth rounder or below, fuck it, man. Like send it. Like what what are you going to hurt? Like, I mean, I, I guess I would kind of feel bad for Marcus, but then it'd be like, man, that's that's happened to Teddy Bridgewater like four times. <laughs> it's happened to Tyrod Taylor four or five times as well. Right. Um, so, all right. Well, that's going to do it. I like the tier list where we're at. I like it. We're definitely going to get into a numbered list later on. Um, But that's a, that's a topic for another day. So before we get into. All right, so into Pump the Bricks, we're going to put a little twist on it this week. And when I say we, I mean I. I'm going to put a little twist on it. So usually Tim runs through his headlines, and he kind of asks me, Pump the Bricks. You know, I decided I'm going to flip the script on him this week. I came up with some headlines of my own. I'm going to have Tim answer me uh, answer, answer to me this week. So, so my plan has been working this whole time. It's slowly going to turn into the Tim show. That's the goal. I mean, it's, you know, you're part one there. 
you got three or three or four parts and you're you're done like it's really not too hard of a of a of a game plan to draw up but one for four is not a bad place to start no not bad all right so for pump the brakes today my first one i have for you here with the additions of jc jackson and khalil mack on that defense the the re-add of mike williams and everything they held together are the chargers the new favorites to win the afc west I don't think so. Um, okay. And it's close. Like that, that is easily the most competitive division in football. We've talked about that a million times. Yeah. I just don't know if it's enough to say, okay, that's that much better than the chargers um, or than the chiefs. Excuse me. The biggest thing that's holding me back is Brandon Staley. Um, and I like Brandon Staley. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's just, mm. Who do I trust more? Do I trust Andy Reid or Brandon Staley down the stretch? Right yeah. now, it's it's by far and away Andy Reid. So um, between the head coach being better and then the quarterback being significantly better, in my opinion, not, you know, Justin Herbert's still a really good quarterback. He's just not, obviously, we've talked about it, right, already today. He's not in that same tier that Patrick Mahomes is. Between that and then the weapons and the overall teams being around them being close enough, in my opinion, where it's, you know, I mean, sure, you could lean to the, the Chargers probably at that point, but the other two matter so much more to me. I just don't think it's there. Yeah, I think I agree with you, and it's it's for a different reason. I like everything that they've done. They've done everything to make themselves the favorite, right? There's been no misstep. There's been no over-add at a certain spot. I think they've done everything they can. I think trying to pick a favorites in this division out of any of the four teams at this point, especially out of the top three, is just a bad bet to make. Yeah. Um, so I, I would agree with you, but for different reasons. So, and I, um, we just haven't seen the chargers do it yet. You know, once we see that, maybe I'll be able to believe it more, but until then I just can't, I can't, I think this team this year, I think the Chargers are going to be haunted by lack of playoff experience, which we all know they probably would have got some last year. Had right. it not been for a certain OT loss in week 18. Um, yeah. So it's, it's going to be one of those things that stinks, that there were a field goal away from getting the playoff experience last year, losing to the Chargers, maybe beating the Steelers, losing to this team, you know, like whatever happens, you know, maybe they go on a miracle run. Who knows? You know, yeah, this, maybe this they game. catch Joe Burrow sleeping and all of a sudden they they get to make the Super Bowl. Who knows? You know, let let me phrase it like this for them. Would I be shocked if they won the West? No. Mm-hmm. Would I be pleasantly surprised? Yeah. That's uh, you know what I mean? I'd be like, "Huh, good for them. That that's a I didn't see that coming." You know what I mean? That's I know that's a little foreshadowing, but you know what I mean? Like that's that's how I feel about it. I still think this is the Chiefs division. So, I would agree. It's talent upon talent ev- everywhere else. Every other team has made a big ad while the Chiefs have been the team that has lost Tyron Matthew. Yeah. But it takes a lot, a lot of things for you to bet against the number fifteen in red. I'll tell you that. Let much. me let me say this: the I know they lost Tyron Matthew, and that's that's a big loss. But they replaced him with uh, the Justin safety Reed. out of Hugh, Justin Reed. Thank you. I knew it was Reed. I couldn't remember his first name, and yeah. I like him. And it's not a significant, you know. There's still a gap there, but it's he's still a high quality safety, right? So that's mm-hmm. still that's an okay move to me. Adding Juju in as your third wide receiver or your third option, right? So it's going to be, you know, Hill, Travis Kelsey, and then you add Juju to that mix. 
I think that's that's it was a it's a good value move by them genuinely. Yeah, the thing with Kansas City that bothers me is like it used to be like wow, there's just no talent on the defense. They have their two game changers and Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, and obviously losing right. those things. When I watched Chiefs games last year, it really doesn't have much to do with the talent. I think they have a lot of talented guys on that defense. The issue is, is their defensive coordinator. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. It's not yeah. the sharpest tool in the shed. Um, there are games where you watch, uh, where I watch. To me, in my mind, being a defensive guy, I love watching defenses play and how they all work. And it's just a well-oiled machine. Watching one of the worst single cogs I've ever seen in a defense in Daniel Sorensen be subbed in from his safety spot where he sucks at into middle linebacker while one of the best steals of the draft last year, Nick Bolton and his counterpart, Willie Gay from the year before his draft are both sitting on the sidelines. It's like, it's like watching the Ravens take whoever was paired up with Ed Reed, benching Ed Reed and Ray Lewis, and then putting that guy at middle linebacker. And you're like, obviously the level of talent there is much different, but you're like, yeah. What the fuck are we doing? Like, where is what makes sense of this formation that I'm looking at right now? Yeah. So the issue with the Chiefs is they finally have the talent, but now what's what's harder to do? Is it harder to put a team together and, and put a real good roster together, or is it hard to then once you have that roster, make sure that they're utilized properly? I think a, a B plus a, a B defense that is utilized to an A is much better than an A defense utilized at a B level. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. I mean, even in that own definition, you defined it as being better. So, yeah, I 100 percent agree with you. Yeah. So it, it's just very tough. But again, when you have Patrick Mahomes on your sideline, man, it's tough to lose games. It's tough yeah. to bet against him if nothing else. That's true. Um. For my next one, um, coming off of his injury, we obviously we saw him in the playoff game, but is Derrick Henry still the best running back in the league going into next season? With When you look at – and the reason I thought of this is I'm looking at the rushing leaders from last year in the NFL, and like we said, obviously Derrick Henry didn't play half the season. The rushing leaders, um, Dalvin Cook was at five. Well, we'll start. Najee Harris was at four. He had a flat 1,200 yards. Joe Mixon had 1,205 Nick Chubb had 1259 and then Jonathan Taylor had 1800, which is a clear 750 yards above the second best running back here. Obviously Derrick Henry not being one of them. Um, Right. So I guess part one of the question is Derrick Henry still the best running back in the league. Yes, I think he is. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor is very close, but I just don't think he's there quite yet. To make this a, a more difficult question, because I feel like that first one was kind of easy, do the two best running backs in the league both reside in the AFC South? Yes, they do. Uh, I think. I think. I let's do our running back tier list right now. I'm just kidding. Um, I think. I think. I, I think they're obvi- they're in a class of their own for sure. Yeah, I mean it's pretty obvious. The list is Derrick Henry, David Johnson, Jonathan Taylor. It's pretty. It's pretty clear in my eyes. That's yeah. uh, by far and away. <laughs> and it, it's crazy to think, I think Henry would have rushed for more yards if he had played the whole season. I really it, do. It, it, I would agree with you. I'd love, okay, let me, let me expand the list. Where do you think Derrick Henry landed at? I believe you played eight games, which is not a full half of the season anymore. Mm-hmm. Where do you feel like Derrick Henry fell at on Still, eight games played? He's got to be close to the top 10, probably 11th. He was top 10. He was ninth. He was ninth. Isn't that crazy? Good he played Lord. half the season. This was such a bad year for running backs outside of Jonathan Taylor. Holy cow. 
Well, you you say that it really wasn't. There was so there's seven running backs total that eclipsed the thousand yards rushing. Right, that's pretty solid. I feel like. And then Elijah Mitchell had nine sixty three playing eleven games. First of all, extremely underrated for San Francisco last year. Yeah. Um, and then you had Derrick Henry at nine hundred thirty seven yards in eight games. Yeah, I mean, you get into this 900 tier list and it's pretty kind of meh, guys. You know what I mean? There's a lot of guys that you go, eh, I could go either way on. So Denver had two of them that had 900 rushing yards. Right. Yeah. It's it's, insanity. It's the ultimate mediocrity at a position. So truly, truly, truly surprising. But yeah, it's just, I mean, you say it's a bad year. I think this is kind of what it's just where running back is at right now. Right. Like. We could sit here and talk about the NBA being like, wow, this is a bad year for centers in the NBA. Well, two of them are so elite that they're going to be the top two guys for MVP voting more than likely. And I mean, it's not that level with the running backs, but they still have two really elite guys. But yeah, their position, it's the running back is just like the center in the NBA. It is at its all time low in value right now. Nobody values running backs lower or at no point in NFL history have we valued running backs lower, right? Like at the beginning of football, they were the most important and now they're the least important that they've ever been. So yeah. it kind of is what it is for the, the position. And I think you'll only see that grow as kids come up. They'll want to play running back less. So the the wide receiver crop is only going to get stronger. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of Cordell Patterson's going forward. I think. Um, a lot of Cordell's and uh, Debo Samuels, Debo Samuels, man, like that'll be yeah. the future of, you know, hey, I'll play running back, but I want to be a wide receiver, too. Yeah. To put it into perspective, last year, there was only there's eight running backs that rushed for a thousand yards, nine players total. Lamar Jackson being the ninth guy. Um, Derrick Henry had two thousand yards. Dalvin Cook at 15. And then you had your Jonathan Taylor was at 12. Aaron Jones was at 11. And then you had your your thousand yard guys after that. Yeah. To see your first 800 or 900 or less was number 15 with Miles Sanders. And this year it was, where's the 900 stop this year? That uh, stops at 13. Williams. Yeah, 13. Yeah, Alvin Kamara. Isn't it crazy that Alvin Kamara's never rushed for 1,000 yards in this season? It that is, is kind of nuts. I mean, he's more of a. Again. Uh, receiver back but yeah guess but what he does good <laughs> outside of the ball i honestly didn't believe you when you said derrick henry finished top 10 so i had to pull the list up yeah well, i don't blame you because it's a ridiculous stat it's nuts that he played it's also just how many times that they they gave him the ball as well like yeah he was still 10th in the league in carries despite playing eight <laughs> half games. the seasons yeah that's it's actually nuts yeah um, i mean I mean, running back has shown how devalued it is just because the fact that the Panthers are willing to move off Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I know he's hurt all the time, but man, that's a that's like one of your few weapons left, you know? Yeah, agreed. Um, My next one for you here is obviously we talked about a quarterback tier list today. One of the few points we agreed on being Aaron Rodgers, being in that top four category, that, that game breaker, that best of the best category. Without Devontae Adams this next year, does Aaron Rodgers take a step back? Does he fall a tier into just the elite category? There's a chance. I think we're going to see a regression. I don't think he'll be. I, if, I would if pump you the brakes to... on this one. Okay. Right. I I would say it's I would say it's more likely that he falls out of the top like MVP voting slots. So he's not going to be like one of the top three or four guys for MVP this year. Okay. 
I wouldn't pump the brakes on that. I still think he'll be elite. I just don't think he'll be MVP elite. So you, you do you feel like he he just drops to the bottom of the best of the best category? Yeah, I just okay. think he'll you know. I don't think he's one right now, to be honest with you. I know no, we said we weren't going to rank him, but yeah, I think he falls to four if he's not already four. Um, I still think he'll be a step above the rest of the guys, though. Yeah, he's. it's hard to take that guy out of that top category when, like you said, you drop this guy out of the Jets and they're Super Bowl contenders. You know? Immediately, yeah. Yeah, that's, and the that's... Packers the Packers roster isn't, isn't worse than the Jets <laughs> outside of Aaron Rodgers, I'll tell you that much. Right. Um, um, into the NBA for these last two. We'll get a little bit of basketball yeah. for you before we head out the door today. So obviously the Heat are currently the first team in the East right now. Mm-hmm. They have the best record. Um, obviously we know the juggernauts that live in the not only in the NBA but especially in the Easter Conference. Um, with the with the East's best record right now, are the Heat the the team to beat right now going into the playoffs? I'm gonna pump the brakes 100. I just I love how that we're like on our fourth question it's only the second time i've said pump the brakes or no but um i would pump the brakes on this one i think i think they're third right now if that makes any sense i would still say the nets are the team to beat and then assuming kd goes down or something crazy like that i would think the 76ers would be the next team and then i think the heat are third um i think even with Kyrie not being able to play at home um you know and who knows that might change in the near future covid rules are kind of relaxing slowly. Um, even with that, I still think they're the team to beat because they're by far in a way, the most talented. And if Ben Simmons gets rolling here soon, like that team could get real dangerous real quick. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it's, uh, it's still one of my, one of my favorite teams, not my favorite team anymore, but still a team I follow very closely. Um, it's just it's tough to to look at a team that doesn't have a Kevin Durant or a Kyrie Irving or a Stephen Curry or a right you know and look at that team and be like oh yeah that's a that's a top tier team you know um, feels a lot like the old sixty win Cavs teams that used to get taken down by Michael Jordan in the postseason right. um, yeah real great team in the regular season and there's we've seen them make the finals before like it's not out of the realm of possibility but. When you're talking about a seven-game series, it comes down to who can make the bigger shot down the stretch. And I'll tell you what, that uh, each team has a bigger guy down the stretch, I think. than Jimmy. I love Jimmy Butler to death. He's probably one of, if not my favorite player in the league. But it's it's tough to, to match him up against a Kevin Durant or a James Harden or a Joel right. Embiid or a, and, and, and bet on him, you know? I, I love Jimmy Butler. I always feel like he just hasn't found the right star to work with. That's what I always feel like he's short of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, so I love him to death, but yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Like if we're talking pure scores. It's like, you know, you put them in a matchup of Brooklyn versus the heat. I mean, Brooklyn's going to have the top two guys immediately. Same thing with the Sixers. They're going to have the top two guys immediately. So that's their biggest problem is, is, you know, Jimmy Butler is just not in that class yet. You know what I mean? He's, or I don't think, yeah, I don't think there's too much more he could grow, but I just don't think he's the same level of scorers as a lot of players are in the East right now. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, last question before we get out of here for you today. Um, is Joel Embiid, obviously the Sixers, the second best team right now record-wise in the East that we just talked about him being one of the favorites. Uh, is their best player, Joel Embiid, a lock to win MVP this year? 
I'm going to pump the brakes on this one as well. I still think the Joker has a, a really good chance of of sneaking in and stealing this one from him. I It would be really tough at this point. I would, I mean, if I were going to put money on it, I'd put it on Embiid. I think he's the better story and that's typically how it goes. But yeah, I mean, I think there's a chance Joker wins. It's just a real slim chance. Fair enough. So you feel like it's more about the feel. And it's not that somebody else is a lock. It's just that, man, there's some good basketball being played this year. It it's I mean yeah there's there's always good basketball playing the problem with the MVP race is it's normally about who's the good story like Giannis won it for two years and then it felt like he got boring so he got kind of removed from the category when he was playing just as well just as dominant right like yeah, I I have a strong feeling that Nikola Jokic will not touch this conversation again for the next three years. Right. He, well, he did the he same can't. thing Giannis did. He won last year and then he got better. And we're already like people are already starting to be like, well, Joel Embiid. Like, yeah, it's like, already happening. He didn't even get a chance to win the second one yet. It's already happening to him. Because it's like if we're being honest about the reward of uh, the MVP race, like if we were real about it, like how would LeBron James only have? I don't know how many he has. He would have 12 of them at this yeah. point in his career. He, like, he would have – he would have won every single year he was in Cleveland. He probably would have won at least – probably every year he was in Miami too if we're talking about every, most valuable I, team. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if he would have won it every year in Cleveland. I think there might have been years where maybe it was – Maybe not the first – maybe the first yeah. two years or three years. But Something like once, that, yeah. I, I feel like once LeBron won his first one, he wouldn't have lost it. Up until exactly. last year when he was hurt, probably. Exactly, or or that one, the first year in LA too, he probably would have lost it. But yeah, um, if I if I had to pick who I feel like is most valuable to their team, mm-hmm. there's two guys that come to mind. Um, okay, John Morant in Memphis. We we projected Memphis as a six, seven, eight seed, maybe yeah. playing in the playing tournament. They're well the second best team in the West. That. They're, yeah. they're the second best team in the West, and has obviously you need a supporting cast to get the job done. He is the reason that they've made the jump from seven to two. Hundred percent agree. Hundred um, percent agree. Uh, Demar Derozan would be another guy for me. Uh, the Chicago Bulls again, another team. I had them sitting at seven, eight. You know, and that was just because they started the year like fourteen and two. <laughs> Beforehand, right. I probably had them missing the playoffs if I had to be hundred percent honest. Because you look at the teams that are outside of right now, and like the Knicks are outside of the ten seed. The Hawks are the ten seed. Like teams that I would have had them below have been eliminated or are out. So DeMar DeRozan's right. acquisition to Chicago would be another guy that comes to mind. Steph Curry for me. Um, 100%. I think should should get a mention here. I mean, I agree with most, pretty much everyone that you've said so far. Um, I think Steph Curry should deserves a mention here. I don't think he's the guy, but I think he's, you know, he's he's not going to get talked about because it's, it's kind of old news like we were, like we were saying earlier, but yeah, I think he deserves at least a shout out here. Yeah, I would agree with you 100%. Well, that is uh that's going to do it for episode 24. Yeah, if you oh. made it to the end, we appreciate Oh, what? Oh, we didn't talk about Darius Smith. Ah, uh, we said we were. All right, next time. We we got something to sure. tease the people with, so I'm look forward to. Yeah, guess what, guys? Um, I'm really upset about Zadarius Smith not signing in Baltimore. I'm sure <laughs> if you listen in chronological order, you listened last week and how excited I was. He is now a Minnesota Viking. So I'll save my anger for next week. It gives me something to look forward to. Um, if you made it this far again, like Tim said, thank you very much. We appreciate you guys. 
Um, big developments coming soon. We hope to have the show on video on Anchor and Spotify going forward. So you should be able to see these ugly mugs when you listen to the show. If you listen on those two apps, mm-hmm. if you listen anywhere else where Anchor puts our stuff out on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else, um, we appreciate you none- nonetheless. You know, Mom always said I had a, a face for radio, so you're getting the the best of both worlds, in my opinion. So um, that's going to do it for episode 24. Um, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, Owen underscore Burke, B-E-R-K. Go make sure you check out the poll question of the week from the beginning of the show. It'll be up on my Twitter. Make sure you go follow Tim at PissWormTakes on Twitter. And make sure you go follow the TikTok, man. We got stuff coming out every week. We try to get stuff up as much as possible. And when we don't, I guarantee you somebody else is. Um, so make sure you go follow us on TikTok at boys. Don't lie podcast on TikTok. Um, we'll see you guys over there. We got a video up right now. As you listen to this, we'll probably have something else coming out tomorrow too. If I had to guess, but, uh, I have been known to be wrong. So don't quote me on that. So that's going to do it for episode 24. We'll see you guys next week for episode 25 until then stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you then.